producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. So you're saying there's a chance that the Minnesota Vikings will make the playoffs. But if we're being honest with with ourselves, maybe it'd be best if they didn't make them whatsoever and focus on the 2024 draft. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everyone. You can find us on the Score North, uh, yeah, the YouTube channel, uh, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and Apple and Spotify. My name is Jason Stormer, along with Artist Woods and AJ Fredrickson. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for joining us here as we kick off 2024. But unfortunately, our Minnesota Vikings couldn't ring in the new year in a positive way whatsoever after getting absolutely obliterated by the Green Bay Packers, 33-10. to 10. But gentlemen, hopefully you guys are ringing in the new year on a positive note. How are you feeling now that the calendar has flipped to the year 2024? Feeling okay, man. Feeling, uh, feeling. My bad, AJ. You no, you're good. Right on me. AJ no, was ready. You're good. No, <laughs> you're bad, fine. You're, we're all good. We're all it's good. Like, wait, wait, AJ. No. <laughs> no. I, I, uh, I love the enthusiasm. Both of you are just ready to kick off the new year. Just ready with your hot takes. This is great. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I love the new year because it's, it's a fresh start. You know, it's an opportunity to get the mind right. You know, get in the right spirit. You know what I mean? And you know. You know, start the new the year off right. Start the new year off right, especially if last year wasn't the best year or the last couple of years haven't been the best years. This is an opportunity to start fresh, and it's a beautiful thing. So that's how I'm walking into it and feeling pretty good, man, feeling really upbeat. Obviously, we'll get into some football stuff that doesn't have me feeling as upbeat. Actually has me quite annoyed, but um, that that's life. That's life. <laughs> football. Happy New Year, everyone. That's, that's football. Hey, that's sports for you, so it, it is what it is. Yeah, after after this Sunday, last Sunday's game, I I think I tweeted something along the lines of like the good news, we don't have to deal with any more Vikings football until next year. The bad news is next year is in about eighty three minutes. It was about an hour and a half away at that time. So, uh, but twenty twenty four, you know, hopefully good things come for the Vikings, for Minnesota sports, for the Taxi Squad, for Score North, all that stuff. Things are. Uh, hopefully on the up and you know it was a nice little we're back just like the bye week we took a week off holiday week we had to take a week off you know a little rejuvenation i'm feeling i'm feeling energized once again ready to talk some sports with both you guys and uh i wish the vikings gave us a little (laughs) higher spirits to talk about but hey we wheel we deal we seal that doesn't make any sense, but Ryan, <laughs> okay. all the No, I was actually going to say AJ's probably riding really high considering the announcement of the 2026 World Juniors coming uh, here to the Twin Cities and everything like that. Quick side oh tangent before God. we get into football. But that that's a huge tournament. Oh that's God. always a big thing this time of year. But I know that's what AJ's thinking about the most right now. That it, it, it artists, I don't, I'm, are you familiar with the World Junior Championships whatsoever or no? Not really. Not really. <laughs> Essentially, December 26th, every year, December 26th through about the first week of January. So it's about a two-week stretch. Mm-hmm. The best non-professional under-18 um, players in the world for hockey come together, represent their country. Uh, this year they're in Sweden, and they play a tournament, and it is some of the best. It is my favorite because it's 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 if you like March Madness, it's it's like that. It's pure chaos. It's young. It's the future of the NHL on display for the world to see. And you just okay. get some of these teams putting up amazing. Czechia 
has been amazing this tournament. They actually knocked out Canada in the first round of oh. the uh, elimination play. Um, USA looks like a wagon. Expect them to maybe take it all the way. They're going to have a tough matchup here in round two, though. However, after their uh, first semi, I should say their first quarterfinal win against uh, uh, Latvia. But yeah, it, it, it it's so much fun. And there has been a waiting for me and probably the Minnesota hockey community for this tournament to come to Minnesota. 2026 is that year. So I don't want it. Make your make your plans now. If you have to contact <laughs> me around that time, holiday season 2026, I will not be available. I will be at the <laughs> rink painted okay. in red, white and blue cheering my butt off for the US of A. Let's go. I'm so pumped. let's go. Let's go. I like it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm pumped about it, too. It's a huge tournament. And yeah, obviously, it shows you kind of the state of what the Minnesota Vikings are in right now as the season's wrapping up before leading off the show with that. But it'll be a fun tournament for everybody here in the Twin Cities. We've been waiting for it for a long time. But guys, yeah, it's we can't say it's over for the Minnesota Vikings, but it's it's pretty much over. There's going to have to be a whole hell of a lot that's going to have to happen for this team to make the playoffs at this point after getting absolutely destroyed by the Green Bay Packers at home. A very, very, very disappointing loss for a bunch of reasons, obviously because it really dashed any chance you had of going to the playoffs. It's never fun losing the Packers at home in any capacity, especially on New Year's Eve. That's not fun, but it also took the wind out of pretty much any sale that uh, out of any sale that made Maybe Jaron Hall could be, you know, a, a quality starting caliber quarterback, at least this season, maybe going in next season. And he uh, was pretty bad. He got pulled after the half and Nick Mullins relieved him. And actually, Nick Mullins played pretty decent. And Nick Mullins will be starting for the Vikings uh, in Detroit in the regular season finale. Uh, but yeah, guys, just what's how are you feeling about this team? Sure, they're not technically done yet. But at this point, I feel like all the hope has pretty much gone for all Vikings fans, everybody's pretty much looking towards 2024 at this point, looking towards who we could potentially draft, who we could potentially draft at quarterback, by the way. I know that everybody is losing their minds after that performance that Michael Penix Jr. had uh, for the Washington Huskies beating Texas in the Sugar Bowl. But I don't know, guys. Do you still have a little bit of hope left? Do you think maybe some way, somehow, the teams above the Vikings in the NFCs lose this upcoming Sunday and they back their way into the playoffs with an eight and what would it be an eight and nine record or something like that? Or do you think it's just time to, you know, maybe close this uh, book that is the 2024 season and start writing the next book that is 2024, 2023, 2024. Sorry, I got that <laughs> wrong. Anyway, somebody's go ahead. I am. I'm not. I, I, I like to tell myself and pride myself on being somebody that is as, as a fan, first and foremost, if the team that I'm cheering for still has the slimmest of chances to make the playoffs, I will root for them to win. However, <laughs> this team, I think, has shown me that even if they were to have that miracle come through, they get a win, everything goes their way, and they squeeze in, they're going to immediately get slaughtered. They just don't have the quarterback ability. We, we've seen them now run through three separate guys. Each of these guys have shown a very small flash of being good, but the it has been outweighed heavily, oh so heavily by the by the visuals of poor passing, float floating passes that either float right into the hands of defensive backs over the arms of the receiver. Um, you sit in the pocket and then you get taken down in mid-fall. You're gonna throw it and, and essentially hand it off to a lineman of the other team. It's um I'd I'm I'm still going to say that I would like them to win this Sunday, but 
I'm not going to be upset when they lose because they're not. <laughs> you know, I like I prediction they, spoiler for later. Come on. They've 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 just given me no hope. You know, I there's nothing there's nothing to look at this season and think or like this season and say this is they're going to rally this Sunday. They're going to defy the odds and they're going to go on this run. That being said, I saw somebody uh, do a little do a little football math, a little Minnesota math, if you will. Started the season one and four, won five in a row, have since then gone one and four. Hmm. Can you imagine the next five games? Super Bowl? <laughs> it would be too hey, good. To I be said true. at the top of the show, there's a chance. There's you get chance. an advance. Everybody has a shot. Everybody has a shot. I yeah. hate that saying, by the way. It's so cliche for all these fringe playoff teams. If you just get in, if you just get in. Mm, yeah. when, when, no and honestly, this is more of a genuine question. When is the last time like a, a a team like that that looks bad and they just click right at the end of the season? They get in and the, they scrape into the wild card, and now they go on this unbelievable run and they defy the odds and they beat the powerhouses and the juggernauts and the contenders and the front runners. It, the only team I can think of is the Giants. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Think or when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010 with Aaron Rodgers because they were a six seed. And then the next with, closest with is who? Probably... With Aaron Rodgers, exactly. With Aaron Rodgers, yes. The key, and well, the, and the key with that statement is two Hall of Fame quarterbacks leading. Yes, exactly. And the next closest is probably the Ravens. I think 2012, but the, yeah. they won their division. It, so, and that's sure. Too, like, and that's a division winner. Sure, you can have bad division winners in the NFL. And this year, I would say. You've seen more parity in this league than we've seen in a long time. Like the, there is the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme for sure. But then that like five through arguably 12, mm-hmm. the gap is not that big. However, I don't think the Vikings fall within that top five through 12 by any means. I think, I think if they were to get in, those teams are going to look like Goliaths against a David, which is uh, dressed in uh, a Vikings headwear. So um, I I don't have too much hope regarding this Sunday. Would it be in their best interest to lose? Yes. Um, But just because there is technically a sliver of hope that they can make the playoffs, I have to almost force myself, and I'm not proud of it, to say, rah, 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 (laughs) V-I-K-I-N-G-S. It's going to be a painful Sunday either way because (laughs) you either watch them lose and hey, then you're hoping for I think they can jump up as high in the draft as ninth, which would be massive or they win and things don't go their way. And you're like, well, what the heck was that for? And then they fall, I think, as low as is I I, I think 12th is the lowest they can go, which is where they're at now. Hmm. Um, which is not bad, but it's just also not great given how this draft looks. And then they win and they get in and it's like, oh my God, they got a chance. And then they lose. You know, if this, if this team had Kirk Cousins, we'd be having a different story, but we, it's, sure. it's, it's, Maybe, it's, not, uh, it's not the story we're reading this year. So, Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaways are, I mean, where has the defense been these last couple of weeks? Thank you. Where has yep. the defense been? This defense that we've raved about for weeks on in has been one of the best defenses in the league for I say a vast majority of the year. They've had some really great games. They pitched a shutout one game, you know, and the last two weeks, both games at home, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. 30 points against Detroit, 33 against the Green Bay Packers. These are division rivals. These are rivalry games. You're giving up 30 plus points in both football games. 
again, where's the defense? I think that's the that's the biggest issue that I personally have and where I lose all faith personally because one thing I felt like I can hang my hat on with the Minnesota Vikings is they're going to play defense. They're going to limit you to a certain amount of points. Yes, they have, you know, backup quarterbacks in. Yes, they have guys in that, you know, aren't proven and X, Y, Z. They might throw some interceptions. They might fumble. They might have some turnovers here and there. Things might not go right on offense, but that defense is going to keep them in the game. And in these two last these last two games, the defense has not stepped up and, and made plays. Now, I mean, the game against the Lions that we we didn't have a chance to really talk about. I mean, they had an opportunity at the end until Nick Mullins, Nick Mulland mm. at the end of the game. You had Justin Jefferson cutting wide open pretty much towards the, I think it was kind of front of the end zone. Was it front or kind of mid? Somewhere in there. Somewhere. But he was open. He was yeah, about to yeah, be yeah, open. Yeah. And I feel like he threw the ball a little too soon, threw it behind him, and ended up being an interception. And that kind of swayed a lot in the NFC. And then obviously you had the Lions and the Cowboys game that also swayed a lot in the NFC. Conversation for another day. <laughs> Maybe today. Who knows if we get into it. But all in all, when it comes to the Vikings, I mean, at this point, what can you say? I, I applaud the fact that you lost Kirk Cousins. You lost Justin Jefferson for a large part of the season. You gave it your best shot. You went on a bit of a run. You had an opportunity, but you kind of folded towards the end. Did I, Jaron Hall, did I miss something? Did Jaron Hall get hurt at halftime? No, they just pulled him. So They just flat out pulled him. I didn't like it. You didn't like his performance or they got I pulled? I didn't like either, okay. but I didn't okay. like the fact yeah. that they pulled him. Okay. Should have kept him in? Yeah. Truthfully, I don't... You're down twenty three to three. What is? Are, are you putting Nick Mullins in the guy who just threw th- four interceptions the week before? Are you putting him in for a spark for the offense? Like, are you putting him? Are you putting him in in hopes that you're going to come back and win the football game? Like, wh- what was the point? If you if you wasn't going to start Jaron Hall for the whole game, why start him at all? Like that that's the part for me that ultimately is frustrating because yes. I expected him to play a little bit better, but I I knew there will be some rookie jitters. You know, it's your technically it's your second start, but really your first start because you got first, you got hurt. What like first possession of the first game you mm-hmm. played, and so yeah, you're gonna have some. You know, you're gonna have a turnover here and there. You're gonna have some overthrows. You're gonna have some underthrows. You're gonna have some decent moments. You're gonna have some bad moments. But allow the kid to go through the growing pains. The game's over. It's twenty three yeah. to three. The game is over. Let them continue to play. Go through the growing pains. Hey, this is a learning experience. Start them next week, too. It's a learning experience at this point. Nick Mullins is not going to play better. He threw four picks the game before. Four. <laughs> like, I like that. Like, that's that's that was the frustrating part for me. Again, he didn't play great, but like I said before, the whole point of this was not so that he can get out there and play amazing. And, oh, my gosh, he's going to save the season. The point is to see what you have. Mm-hmm. What this did, though, it told me, it tells me that they saw something in camp or they saw something in practice. They decided, we're going to give it a shot. And then they saw what they, what they felt like they needed to see, and they pulled them again. But, I mean, again, you gave Nick Mullins a, a longer string. You gave... Dobbs, all types of opportunities. Yes, they both had decent games, but both of them had worse halves than than you know Jaron Hall had. So it's like I that's that's where my frustration came in. Ultimately, they lost the game. We knew how it was going to go, but I wouldn't have pulled Jaron Hall. I would have let him yeah. finish the game, and with the season pretty much being over, pretty pretty much you would assume, right? Kind of, maybe yes, it's no, not, but man. you would no, assume. Yes. I would start him again next week. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why is the tone changing so quickly 
where you're giving a long leash to Josh Dobbs and you decide to stick with him after the bye, but then Jaron Hall gets the yank at halftime. That's halftime. That's my confusion there. Yeah. Um, because I, I understand, yeah. understand KOC's reason was like, you know, other teams have given up on him. And granted, he had won them games. I like he came in against Atlanta and he kind of wowed me. We saw him have sparks. So I guess there's that argument. But yeah. just like Artis just said, it's a rookie. There's going to be stuff. And granted, I mean, did the, the, uh, the O line protect him super well? Like, no, you could make the argument either turnover that he had was his fault. The interception was a little behind the tight end. I give that him was that. a bad ball, but that's a, yeah. it's, it's a bad. But it hits your hands. It's a pass you're supposed to catch, bro. It was behind yeah. you. It was by. It was. I know. I hear. I hear. I hear. That's the rule. But, you, the ca- hands. but yep. you catch that ball. Bro. I hear. You. Uh, catch I, that. I agree with the first. See, one, see, I wasn't too mad that he got pulled because, frankly, the play that sticks out in my mind for the whole game with Jaronall was that throw over the middle that completely fluttered. It just looked like it came out of his hand wrong. It didn't get tipped at the line of scrimmage. It just looked like it just slipped out of his hand or something. And it just, it was not a professional pass whatsoever. There was no wide receiver around anyway, either. It was a terrible pass. And so I'm guessing the reasoning for KOC and the coaching staff to make the switch was because I guess they, you can make the argument that Nick Mullins uh, took over for Josh Jobs in the Raiders game and was able to lead the Vikings to a victory, even though I don't think any serious Vikings fan really considers that three, nothing win against the Raiders, like a pinnacle victory of the Vikings season or anything like that. Um, So I'm guessing that was the reasoning behind it. I also know there's been so much made over the last several years now about like the mental conditioning of rookie quarterbacks and just how quickly people think that they can get quote unquote ruined or whatever and so i could definitely see another angle that the coaching staff had was well even if like we could give jaron hall an opportunity to rebound from this we only seeing it getting worse for him so then what's the point in leaving them leaving him in there if it ultimately is only going to keep doing more damage to jaron hall's development which which i am in the camp of like Nah, I mean, good NFL players need to know how to rebound from bad performances, even if it's just for a half. So I'm in the camp as well. I probably would have left him in to continue to see what we got, especially because we were already down so much of the Packers. We weren't putting up a comeback. Go ahead, Ars. To a competitor, it's worse to pull him at halftime than it is to leave him out there and try to figure it out. It's worse to get benched. Like think my so? first NFL, I think I, I believe so. You're, my first NFL start, I have a good drive. I get knocked out with a concussion. My second NFL start, I come in in the first half. You know, I throw an interception. What was it? Like his second pass of the game or something, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Third or second or third pass. I throw an interception. Bad ball. Maybe should have been caught, but I could have threw it better. I have, you know, there's a strip sack that that occurs. I go into halftime, maybe still with the mindset of like, all right, this is ugly, but Let's just see if I can have a better second half. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen crazy things happen in the NFL. You know, this is the Green Bay Packers. Their record isn't, you know, 14-0 and or 15-0. and And, you know, this defense isn't top five. You know what I mean? This, yeah. the, You know, Jordan Love is another young guy that's still learning. Anything could happen. Maybe we can come back. I still got JJ. I still got, you know, Jordan Addison. I still have, you know, really good pieces. Maybe I could figure it out. And then you go into halftime. And coach is like, nah, Mullins is going out there. I think that does, I think that does your psyche even worse if you're if you're mm. a competitor, you know. Which, again, that goes back to why would you draft a guy that's not a comp- <laughs> that's not a competitor? That's how you would want him to think. I want to play. Yeah, I'm, I'm not having a great game, but I still want to play. I still want to learn and have mm. an opportunity, you know, to to 
to bounce back and have a better second half. You know, yeah. I just think that they I mean, personally, and I and I know what you're talking about on the ball that fluttered. It was a ba- it was a terrible. It was throw. the worst was pass I throw, throw. I, out of any pass I've seen from a Vikings quarterback these this season, and I've seen four of them throw passes this year. It was the worst, even worse than any interception I've seen. It was just I don't see. I have I no see, idea what he, what Jaron was doing on that play just, or what happened. I don't know. I see, and, and, and then I get stuff like that happens. I'm not gonna. Passes, oh though. yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, We've seen a lot. We've Dobbs, seen a lot. This Dobbs, <laughs> Dobbs has thrown some bad passes yeah. too. None that bad. I will give you. I don't remember a pass that bad. Yeah. But Nick Mullen, bruh, bruh. Admittedly, I'm giving him more crap than I probably should, just because it looked so bad. It, was, it looked it like a, a butterfly. It was horrible looking. It looked like you know Tim Tebow with the Broncos. You it, know it what was, I mean? Yeah. It, it was. It was. A ter- it was a terrible pass. I don't know why I just did a drive by Tim Tebow right there. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice yes. guy. He's a wonderful humanitarian. Person. Yes. So. But, yeah. We're bringing but, going I mean, back in 2024. <laughs> right, right. But, right. <laughs> but I, I still, like, in the moment, I was just like, you know, when he didn't come out, I was just like, I just felt like, what's the point? If if what you're mm-hmm. saying, Jason, is, is accurate and that's the thought process, even though I disagree, I could understand it a bit. Mm-hmm. But if your thought process was, I'm putting Nick Mullins back in the game because – we could come back and win with Nick Mullins, and we could go. I just yeah. think that's just yeah. come on. Let the let the kid play, learn from yeah. his mistakes. You'll have a decent idea, I guess. And it's I guess in a two game sample size of what you have. And yeah. I, again, like there's no way you leave these other guys out there, you know, for, for extended games, full games. But then you don't leave the quarterback that you you drafted this guy. By the way, right? You drafted him. Yep. It ain't like, you know, he just, oh, we just had to pick him up. No, you drafted yeah. the guy. So, like, give the guy that you drafted yeah. an opportunity to play a full game. The other possibility is just that this coaching staff just doesn't think he has it. That they gave him his shot. Man. Uh, that circumstances prevailed to let him play in the Atlanta game. Circumstances prevailed to let him play in this game. And they just didn't like what they had to see. That, I, that's a possibility. I don't really know. I'd like to think that the organization... Um, is going to give a player that they drafted in the fifth round pick, right? A fifth round pick. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. late. Was like late. They're not, yeah. They're not going to give up on him yet or anything. And I don't think that's the case, but we just have to keep that possibility open that this kid, that's the coaching staff just doesn't think Jaron Hall has it. And based off what he did in that game, I mean, we definitely can't roll forward with him probably starting in the next game. Probably not. Um, even though there, there definitely is an argument to be made that like, all right, let's continue to see what we got with Jaron Hall. But it just I think this coaching staff just doesn't want to put him in a position where he could fail even more and throw off his psyche, which, again, my comeback to that is like, well, NFL players got to be mentally tough no matter what. So maybe just throw him in the fire like <laughs> Rack Shack and a Bendigo or something and see if they come out unscathed. I don't really know. I, I don't really know, but either way, it's just ugh, can I, can I can I veer left just a touch? But sure, why not? So you guys think if the Lions beat Dallas, if they would have beat Dallas, they did beat Dallas, Artis. The Lions did beat Dallas in spirit, maybe in, sp- in spirit. So you think <laughs> maybe not? Beat maybe not Dallas, technically, but yes. But, yes. but what, do you, do Decker think, checked in. Yeah. Do you think if they beat those guys in reality? Right, like it actually counted as a win, that the Lions would rest their starters this last week of the season, and the Vikings will have a better chance at winning this game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so this um, is kind of on point, dude. 
I am. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This this impacted you more than anybody else. I, I you know, you know. I, I, I just, I, I just don't understand how professional referees can make such an error in such a game that affects so many different teams. Not only the teams that are on the field, but the rest of the NFC. I, I just. I don't understand the explanation that we got was this same guy was checking in the whole time. So I just assume, I assume, I'm paraphrasing because this wasn't the words used, but (laughs) I assumed essentially that the same guy that's been checking in and out is the guy that's going to check in and out on this last play. So I literally ignored the other two linemen standing directly in my face for the guy running off the sideline 10 yards away and said, that guy's checking in and ignored the two guys in front of me and then had the nerve, the audacity to throw a flag to potentially cost the Detroit Lions the football game against the Dallas Cowboys, which affects the Cowboys, affects the Vikings, affects Philadelphia, affects the whole NFC. I just think that was one of the worst things mm-hmm. I have ever seen in professional sports. I'm not going to lie. I think that was one of the worst referee botches I've ever seen in professional sports. It goes along with a whole lot of conspiracy theories that I have that I will will not get into. I I just will not get into, but I just thought that was egregious. I also think Dan Campbell, my guy. Is he going to do that in the playoffs? they, They call a flag. It's a bad flag. They, they, man, they cheating you, bro. They cheating you, right? But what do you do? Instead of kicking an extra point, I'm going to try to go for it again. From the eight-yard line. Is he going to do it in the playoffs? I, and I that's why so. they will go I hope home. So. That's why they will go. I'm going to go for it again. From the eight-yard line, I'm going to try to go for two when I can kick the extra point and take this into overtime. No, I'm going to go for two again. And then Michael Parsons jumps off sides. Oh, my gosh. Michael Parsons jumped off sides. This is another opportunity to kick the extra point. Nope. No. I'm going to try to go for it again for a third time. Dude. Man Campbell. Side story. I was at a restaurant with my lady celebrating, you know, New Year's, getting ready to go into a a new year. And I'm I'm sitting there eating. We're having a good time. And I was like, I really want to, you know, because she's become a big sports fan too because of me. I'm like, let's watch this game off to the side. I'm just put it here. We're oh, going to no. watch the ending, right? And the third time he was about to go for two, I literally almost flipped the table. <laughs> I almost flipped. We <sighs> had to leave. Let's just put it we had to we go. We had to go. We, we had to go. <laughs> oh, we had to leave. Ruined the night. Oh, my God. Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, Artis is not a Lions or a Cowboys fan. He is an Eagles fan. But that's how much that play affected everything in the NFC. And here's the wild thing. That same officiating crew will be officiating the Ravens-Steelers game this upcoming Saturday. A game that has playoff implications. Why that crew is not officiating like the Jets-Patriots game, which has no implications whatsoever, I have no idea. If players come out, and they perfect example. If a player has a, a hit on the field, or you know he comes out in the media, he refuses to speak to the media, or you know he says a swear word in the middle of a press conference, or he does anything along those lines. I mean, we seeing players get fined for anything these days. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a football play. I'm gonna fine you twelve thousand dollars for making a football play while playing football. But a referee who does something like this gets no real punishment. 
There's just no, just move on to the next game. How does that work? You directly affected lives here, <laughs> okay? You uh, yep. you affected <laughs> lives, okay? <laughs> lives, all right? There are people who, who watch the game that are affected. There are the players on the field, the coaches. The people lives. who gambled on it. There's people who <laughs> had some bets <laughs> on the line. <laughs> some scratch. <laughs> on you the know, line. You know. Wow. Uh, uh, wow. Like, that's, that's uh, all I got to say. I don't want to spend yeah. too much time talking about no, Detroit. But we hadn't had a chance to talk about that and – Grant, our coworker, brought it up, and it mm-hmm. refreshed my memory. And it's something that I had to bring to this podcast because that literally, quite literally, is one of the worst, if not the worst, referee botch I've ever seen in my life. Did they, like, secretly switch out all of our regular refs with the replacement refs that we had, like, 10 years ago? Because honestly, remember how horrible the officiating was back then. It's just slowly but surely gotten worse and worse over the last decade ever since that happened. I, I don't know what the NFL's got to do to have better. Campbell is so aggressive for no reason. Oh, he's, man. I'm oh, loving what? it, though. I'm loving it, though. If he, he's got to do He's going to do something crazy in the playoffs. Even if it's not that exact scenario, he's going to fake a punt. He's going to do something in that first game no matter what. And because that's home. just that's their style. That's Depending their style. The matchup, I guarantee you if they play a team like I think they're matched up right now to play the Rams. Vikings mm-hmm. fans, if they play the Rams and the game is tight, and Dan Campbell gets overly aggressive, you will see your division rival go home. I promise you. I I, I guarantee it. They will go home. That'd be fun, they though. Will go home. Stafford, if, he, if he does not coach a smart game, they will go home. That'd be a fun matchup, though. Stafford going back to Detroit in the playoffs? That'd be kind of fun. I'm rooting for that. Yeah. Any anything else, artist? Anything else you got I'm stuck sorry, in your craw at all? I, I mean, just, you're I on fire right now. I don't. I got. I'm not as. I'm not as fired up as you are whatsoever. But, but again, it impacted your team more than it did mine. Even though you're right, it was a ripple effect throughout the entire NFC. It was absolutely wild. Uh, do we want to predict this game? <laughs> <laughs> do Do we have to? Uh, is there I any guess. An artist and I can catch you in this. No, I, I clinched and we didn't predict the Packer game either. I don't know what you guys thought the result would be of that. But no, I'm pretty sure I had a three Jam game Hall, lead okay. over Jam you guys Hall in the lineup. I would have picked the Vikings. Honestly, I, I, I would have I picked the Vikings. I was leaning Packers. I'll be honest with you. But I say that in hindsight. So, you know, can't really doubt me. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and predict it. Um, I don't even know the line for this game. Let me take a look. It's not going to be in favor of the Vikings. And it's not three and a half for Detroit. The over under is 45 and a half. Guys, the regular season finale for the Minnesota Vikings. Do you think that they can uh, squeak out a W here and keep the playoff hopes alive? Or do you think they're going to lose and it'll be officially the end of the 2023 regular season? I'll start because I kind of ruined it off the top of the show with my <laughs> opening remarks on Sunday's game. Um, I picked them to lose. The The, the Lions, they're going to be angry after last week. They're going to want to have a little high riding momentum. I don't think they're going to maybe play their starters the entire four quarters, but they're going to do enough damage here in the first half, maybe three quarters to where they can take their foot off the gas and then some down the stretch and kind of coast to a win in Motown. So I'm going to say the Lions under an aggressive neck vein popping Dan Campbell who's going to be still grimacing after last weekend, beat the Minnesota Vikings by a score of, I'm going to say 28 to 28 to 13. Very good. Artis. Yeah. Um, I also have the Detroit lions. Uh, again, I don't know if I could trust just trust this Vikings defense now down the stretch. And that's the reason why I cannot, I couldn't pick them to win this football game. Um, 
I do agree. Um, maybe the Lions play their starters the whole game. Maybe they don't. I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, I think Nick Mullins is going to get that ball up because that's what he's been doing, giving that ball up. And I think that's going to result in the in the L to end the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Lions. It really just depends on how many, like, starters actually play. True. But yeah. I, I'd, I'd pick – I'd say they put up 27, 30. I'd say 30 to – 17. Very good. Uh, 27 to 20, the Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Like you guys, not really sure how many starters the Lions will play. I think they'll start the game with all their regular starters in and maybe do a little scoreboard watching, maybe seeing how... Let's see. I'm trying to look up the the scores, and because obviously the NFL doesn't release their last week of the schedule out until like the end of week uh, 17, mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to see who's all playing when really here. Um, well, okay, so they're later games, so actually the Lions, no matter what, for seeding reasons, if they want to stay ahead of the Eagles or the Cowboys, they are going to have to you know play out this game because those games don't start till three o'clock. So actually, that probably maybe leans more towards the Lions playing their starters for the majority of the game. But still, I just don't think even if the Vikings are playing all their starters as well and play everybody who possibly can who is healthy, it's it's just not going to be enough. I don't trust any quarterback right now that we have uh, thrown out there, whether that's Mullins, Dobbs, or Jaron Hall. I just don't trust anybody. This defense has, man, it's just really disappointing how leaky it's gotten over the last several weeks after how dominant it was. I don't know if it's a scheme issue, playing too much cover two or Tampa two, or it's just a personnel thing. And the fact that we're, that injuries are starting to pile up for this team, like DJ Wanham not being there. Uh, yeah, and, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit of offensive fireworks uh, in the last game of the season for Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson. Nice if they could get in the end zone. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the Lions still have something to play for. Like you guys mentioned, they're pissed about what happened last week. They're going to win 27-20 to 20 over the Vikings, and it will result in the Vikings ultimately with a, what, 7-10 record? Which, frankly, um, if that does hold true, I don't remember the last time the Vikings have been that much under 500 in uh, quite a while, actually. Probably go back um, probably several several years, I think. They probably haven't had a season this bad since maybe like 20, uh, was it 2018 or something like that? They had one, yeah, it was the year before um, Kirk Cousins came in and led them to that playoff game. Uh, playoff game win against the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, uh, hope we're wrong, I guess, maybe, because we want the Vikings to stay alive in the playoff hunt. But, yeah, unfortunately, none of us think uh, that will be the case. Quick, uh, something to watch for this weekend. Something to watch. Hmm. A historic event could possibly occur for the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. For the first time since the team's inception, 1961, if Alexander Madison does not reach the end zone by foot in week 18, he will become the first Minnesota Viking leading rusher to not record a rushing touchdown in a season. He doesn't have wow. a rushing touchdown. He had a receiving. I'm pretty touchdown. sure I knew that, but that like, I'm pretty wow. sure he, he only has receiving touchdowns. I saw. Yeah, no, that's probably, that's right. Wow. That was, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe fat, maybe fat check me on that one, but that was no, no, from, I, um, I want to say Elias sports, sports data or whatever. Unreal. 
So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And right? you have like guys like the, and then you have guys like uh, Raheem Mostert on the Dolphins, who said I think a team record and an individual record for most touchdowns. And I think Raheem Mostert. Don't quote me on this either. I think Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins scored more touchdowns individually this season than he had in his entire career combined up to that point. Jeez, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, it was wild. The Raheem yeah, Mostert here, was. Here it is. Yeah. Sorry, here it is. No if Vikings uh, yeah. running back Alexander Madison fails to record a rushing touchdown on Sunday against the Lions, it will be the first time in franchise history, established in 1961, uh, that the leading rusher on the team has failed to score a rushing touchdown during the season. That is now also in a season with 17 games. 1-7. Let's get him that rushing touchdown, guys. Come on, let's, let's get him that touchdown. Come on, you can't. Come on, every running back's got to get in the end zone at least once in a season, right? Come Make on, let's prioritize. hug him and just walk him into the end zone. I don't care. Something. I don't know. Get it for him. Get it for him. He deserves it. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's just kind of the name of the game for the Vikings all season long. They've been towing the line all year of playoff competitiveness and, you know, maybe building towards uh, next year. So we'll see uh, what happens to the regular season finale. Speaking of towing lines, hey, Artis, was LeBron's foot on the line or not? No, hold on. Let me let me actually let me actually shed some light about this. Let me shed some light about this before you weigh in because you have to think about it. You have to think about it. Think about it like a baseball foul line, right? Mm. If you look at it from an angle, you're going to see space. But and it's hard because the three point line on, on an NBA court is curved. So right. the camera angle that you see it it does show that there is some space. But if you were to go to the point that would allow you to be most perpendicular to where his foot is, like next to. The shoe probably is over the line. Mm. So, and, and because of that, because the call on the court um, was that it was a two, they don't have conclusive evidence, AKA they don't have the proper camera angle to properly overturn it. Even though on the screen that he's pointing at, it's, it shows space. You can't use that because it's not the most conclusive of evidence. So, although I do understand what you're probably going to say, conclusively based on the call being two points on the court at the time they can't overturn it because that's how sports work and if it's called the other way it doesn't get overturned to a two absolutely not so it's a matter of just how they how they uh called it originally i think aj should be an nba referee because first of all you just explained that perfectly well but now that nba referees like get on camera and explain all the fouls and everything like that you just you just did that flawlessly i think you should uh get some uh pinstripes aj i don't know i think you're missing your calling here my body is not suited for stripes in any fashion. <laughs> it was a three. No. <laughs> no, I actually agree. I actually agree, AJ. I do agree with what you said because it was a weird one. And I don't think it was enough evidence to reverse it to a three. Um, you can see the space, but it was weird because as his toe elevated, it looked like his toe was on the line. So that that's that's I don't know. It it was it was really close. I could see how LeBron Laker fans would be really upset about it. Um, I wasn't because I could get how that's not a three. Mm-hmm. I'm more so looking at LeBron, like, bro, how do you not make sure your foot is clearly behind the line? That that's that's. I mean, this is LeBron James we're talking he about. He was wide open too. He he could have taken a minute to do a step back if he wanted. Yeah, yeah. And he walked. He ran right up to it. Because what? There was it. like it was two. There was like three shot. seconds left if yeah. he wanted to. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it was, it was a no. good clean look. Uh, I think he tried to again, kind of. I mean, it made sense because you, even though you had like three seconds, you didn't have enough time to go dunk the ball and then try to foul. And you know, it was best for him to do what he did. Um, 
But yeah, you got you got to be more aware. And I mean, hey, it's it's LeBron, so I ain't gonna say too much to LeBron. <laughs> right, it's LeBron. But you you do kind of got to be a little more aware of where your feet are, man. Like, I mean, come on now, like you know, mm-hmm. um, Wolves got that win though, and they I did. thought it was a pretty big win along with some others that they, others that they got since the last time we've recorded. Mm-hmm. I do think though that that Thunder team. That Thunder team is going to be their biggest. Well, let me not let me not disrespect the Western Conference. Let me just say, when it comes to like young and up and coming teams, because I view the Timberwolves as a young and up and coming team that is just now starting to come into their own. Yes, they have veterans, but like their core players from Cat, you know, to Ant, to you know, um, Daniels, McDaniel's. I, I just I look at them all as young and up and coming players in the league. That OKC team is a team to watch because mm-hmm. when they played OKC last, they got smoked mm-hmm. 106 to 129. Mm-hmm. And that boy Shea and Chet and Dort, them guys can play. Um, so I, I wanted to see more out of the Wolves in that game. That was slightly discouraging, but discouraging from the from the standpoint of I'm viewing this team like it is a team that has potential to go to an NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the very least, has potential to go to a conference finals and has potential in the upcoming seasons to really like be that team and beat in the West. And now I'm looking at OKC, like, even though they're number two and they're still behind the, the, the Wolves, they're going to have a fight on their hands when they see that team again. But that's going to yep. be a dude, that playoff series, because I do believe if everything keeps going the way it's going, they're going to play each other in the playoffs this year. That would be, be great. one exciting playoff series that the taxi squad would have to attend oh yes absolutely Ooh. yeah uh right now that they're 100 uh, yeah well, they're looking well, like the biggest rival <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. right here right. you go here you go phil <laughs> I have to make some a couple phone calls couple yeah phone calls and artists i mean <laughs> please, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. please let go. Us go. <laughs> we don't want to play phase value it's okay um but yeah i mean this okc team is in your division two artists you're gonna play them a lot Mm-hmm. And play them a lot. So we're going to get a lot of fun matchups uh, throughout the rest of the season between these two. And I said at the beginning of the year that I wanted Ant to take the same leap that Shea took last year. Now, Shea's taken an even bigger leap this year. I mean, this guy is going to be first team all NBA. And I feel like he he's just developed such a smooth career under everybody's noses. And then here's Oklahoma City. And a lot of that also has to do with getting a complimentary piece like Chet Holgren. Uh, but still, this Wolves team is, you know, still vibing with it. Sure, they lost to the Knicks. Granted, uh, the Knicks just traded for OG and Anobi, and that was his first game, so MSG was a little bit hyped for that kind of thing, so maybe there was just an extra spark for the Knicks that uh, that afternoon, I believe, they played. And they're playing the Pelicans, actually, right now. They're in the first quarter at Target Center as we speak. Um, but yeah, this is another tough stretch of the schedule, too. We've kind of moved past that 16 straight stretch of over 500 opponents, but we still got another tough one here uh, with, I believe, matchups coming up against the Rockets. I know the Celtics are in there as well. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, Dallas and Orlando, too, before you finally, finally get a break. Uh, no disrespect here uh, by uh, playing the Portland Trailblazers. But yeah, it was another solid week for the works. What was that? Disrespect them. That's fine. Disrespect them. Sorry. <laughs> it's Portland. You should have put, yeah. okay. put better pieces around Dame throughout his entire career. I mean, come on. What are you doing? You should have drafted Kevin Durant instead of Greg Oden. What are you doing? And uh, they well, that also. One was, uh, you, ooh, that 
that was really? a tough one, though. That really? Was, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, Greg, Greg Oden was season. awesome. Greg was cold Yeah, and He was and cold then, in college. And who did they draft over Michael Jordan, too? Man, I'm going back. Portland's really screwed up a lot of stuff. Ooh, that's they they drafted, I forget who it was. Well, there were two players drafted before Michael Jordan, but one of them was Akeem Olajuwon, so I'm not going to oh, knock the Rockets too oh. much for that. They won a couple titles in the 90s with Olajuwon, but only because Jordan retired. Anyway... Wolves are rolling, ants rolling, cats rolling. Rudy's still playing elite defense, even though um, that Haverstein, Hammerstein, Harkenstein, I don't know his name, the Knicks center or whatever, but number 55, he kind of looks like Luke, Luke Herringote, the old Notre Dame center from back in the day. I think he played for the Knicks. He had like four blocks on Rudy in the Knicks game. It was absolutely ridiculous. I he don't know what it mind. is. Yeah, I don't know what it is about him, but he's the antidote to Rudy Gobert, apparently. Uh, but still, Wolves, I'm not concerned at all. Um, I'm actually kind of encouraged because Jordan McLaughlin got a lot of play in that Knicks game, and he played really, really well, and we've been begging this team to uh, enhance their backup point guard um, uh, just role um, here as the season goes along because uh, Shake Milton's kind of been a little bit of hit or a miss kind of player. So, yeah, we'll see uh, how the Wolves do, continue on the week and everything like that. Yeah, another, another tough uh, stretch of the schedule, but... You know, they're handling this so far like a championship team. And, you know, we can maybe excuse a loss here to OKC and a loss here to New York every now and then. But keep rolling, y'all. The Minnesota Wild, really quick, as we have a little bit of time left, though, uh, are dealing with some issues. Not oh, no, only not just, just some, it's everything. I, I, I know. That's oh, why boy. I wanted to bring up the World Juniors thing first with you, because I wanted to start a positive <laughs> note with the hockey. And I'm glad I did, because the Minnesota Wild um, are cooling off a little bit in the wind department, but the injuries are piling up. We've got players going on IR, specifically one of our goaltenders, Philip Gustafson, but more importantly, uh, Kirill Kaprizov as well. Now, I've heard reports that this may not still affect the original one to two week timeline of when Kirill put, could potentially come back, that this is more just an arbitrary move more than anything else. So hopefully, even though he's put on IR, Kirill Kaprizov can still come back in that original timeline. But still, this does not do any favors to the Wild, who still aren't seemingly able right now to move up in the standings and still find themselves in that four to five to six point range uh, back of the second place wild card team at the moment. Yeah. So here's the current injured reserve of the Minnesota Wild Jared Spurgeon, the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kirill Kaprizov, highest earner on the team, surf bona fide superstar. Jonas Brodeen, arguably the second best defenseman on the team. Now, just now because Brock Faber has entered the chat. Philip Gustafson. Phenomenal last season after the, acquiring him in a trade. Number one goalie, Matt Zuccarello. Mm-hmm. A little like he was like I, as, as much as I want to say like a, underwhelming, he wasn't. He's been phenomenal. Um, I think under the radar good just because he mm-hmm. was putting up the points. He was averaging like 0.89 points a game or something like that. He had an unbelievable stretch before he got injured. It, it's no nobody going on IR is a like a small fish. Everybody that's getting hurt is an important player for the club. And uh, what we saw the past couple of nights here, they've lost three straight in regulation, two of those to division rival Winnipeg. Uh, last night, it was against Calgary, a, a 3-1 loss. Matt Boldy, Marcus Johansson, kind of the guys that are supposed to be stepping up just aren't. They need to They need mm-hmm. to get the train moving. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury played well enough to win them the game last night. It's just Jacob Markstrom on the other side, fresh off of him returning from injury. Actually, he played phenomenal. Uh, he had like two and a half goals saved above expected. So he 
pretty much robbed the Wild of a win, so to speak. But at the same time, you have to say the Wild need to finish some of these chances more. They played very well um, in the middle frame in the first 10 or so minutes of the third period. But for a team that played Saturday and Sunday, had Monday off, and then returned on Tuesday, the final seven minutes, especially the final three, this team looked like they were skating in mud. They just looked mm-hmm. dead tired. And it's not like they lost the passion to try to win. They didn't, it's not like they gave up. It's just, they were just tired. They were just flat out tired. The final three minutes, they were trying to get offensive zones, uh, pressure set up just to get the extra attacker on, get flurry off the ice. They couldn't set up the zone. It was some of the sloppiest passing skating. It just, it, it was slow moving. It, it just was not looking good. And it was probably the easiest closeout of a game I've ever seen in terms of the flames. Just, they just sat back, intercept the puck. Eventually they, they iced it with an empty netter, but, there was no point in that final like five minutes that I had any like positive feeling that they were going to tie this thing up and force it uh, into overtime. So unfortunate, but I will spin zone this real quick with <laughs> PWHL Minnesota. They kick yeah. off their first, uh, first game of the season. Uh, PWHL started yesterday, but uh, Minnesota over in Boston right now, they're currently leading three to one. This team looks incredible. <laughs> they look incredible. Uh, they How's their power play unit? Um, I think they're over on the night to my, to my knowledge. They've had a couple chances that I've seen. Okay. I've kind of been watching in the background here, but um, they, they were winning two zero at the end of the first. It's now five minutes to go in the second. Um, they gave up a goal, but then immediately grace zoom winkle uh, uh, answered back. So it's been a pretty, pretty good showing from them so far. I, I didn't really plan to maybe go check them out on Saturday when they have their home uh, home opener, but I might have to now. Saturday, well, where, two, well, where's their rink? What, what rink are they're they playing, playing at? On? The X, baby. They're playing at the X. They're Ooh, playing shit. at the X. All right. Who's doing Let's Play Hockey? That's my next question. They got to have somebody out there. I volunteer AJ Fredrickson if nobody else has stepped up at this point. I feel like I can't say that. If No, they're hosting Montreal 2.30 on Saturday. I might uh, I might go check it out. Yeah, a little matinee action on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, good luck to them. Fantastic, and good luck to the Wild moving forward. Hopefully they can string string together a couple wins uh, here in the next week. I don't know, AJ, uh, last thing for me. You and I might have to personally travel with the Wild when they go up to Winnipeg just to be bodyguards for Kirill Kaprizov. At this point, you and I can't let anybody in that town touch him. It's absolutely ridiculous. I was ridiculous. just going to ask, what's, what's going on with him? Because last time I checked, he was healthy, and he was starting to look good. He was just coming back off yeah. injury reserve, if I'm not mistaken, and now he's right back on injury reserve. Is it the same injury? Is it a different injury? It's a different injury this time around um so the last time that they were up in winnipeg late last season he had a gentleman who was like six foot six and had about 40 pounds on him he they they collided he fell on top of him and he kind of like his body contorted in a way that messed him up bad mm. that is had lingered from what reports have been into this season and it looked like he was finally starting to return to his old ways and he was like he, he yeah. was on fire for like a week and a half or so uh, what happened on Saturday night was they get into the corner. He throws a reverse hit on Brendan Dillon, who is six inches taller, had about 25 pounds or so, give or take a couple. Um, so basically, Kaprizov was leading the race to the puck. He threw on the brakes after gaining possession and pretty much like backed into him reverse. Right. right. Brendan Dillon did not like this whatsoever. So he went to the corner and gave two cheap shots cross checks to like the unpadded um, kidney area, like right above the breezer, right below where the protection would be. The first one didn't really phase Kirill. The second one, he went down 
and like you could tell was laboring. He got up, gave like a pretty vicious whack and let Dylan know, but then he skated uh, the length of the ice trying to stay with the play. Just did not look well, went to the bench, left the ice, didn't come back, missed the next game. Um, So now we don't really know. It's listed as an upper body injury, but you know, who knows? It could just be a sore type of thing from getting hit around that area. It could be, something rib wise. We're not really sure that that's the thing I hate about hockey. We'll never know. They, it's just upper body or lower. You never get anything mm, more. Specific. No. And I get it. When your sport is played with a literal wooden weapon, you don't want to really have those players yeah. know exactly where certain injuries are because then they'll just hit you there all game long. And it'll a former be, uh, Russian great Pavel Bure, when he was with Florida, he would dish out some of the meanest two-handed whacks of all time because he he was a victim of some of the same thing. And this was like older hockey. So mm. he had to he was basically his own bodyguard in a sense of using his stick as a weapon, but that bought him so much space because the guys were like, I'm not going near this. <laughs> right. I don't want to get I'm gonna I'm gonna dude. lose teeth if I get two steps close to him. So um like, like for real, it might have to do that or carry a weapon. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Just flail that stick all around. I, I, just don't let anybody near you. I don't know what to do. Yeah, because if he comes back and gets hurt again, I'm going to be so sick. I'm I'm sick yeah. of Winnipeg hurting the wild superstar. Just stop it. Pick just on somebody it. else. Otherwise, we'll come up there. Me and AJ, we'll, we'll come up there, and I don't know. I don't know. We'll fisticuffs. I am the least threatening person of all time. <laughs> well, it, yeah, but if Kirill's on the line, I hate to That's see true. what that might do to AJ Fredrickson. You know, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to see what that might might what might happen there. All right, guys, we got to wrap things up here on the Taxi Squad. Any final thoughts before we get on out of here for the week? I'm not sure those referees <laughs> that you know oh, just let that, it go. That, that's, you you, you guys know where I'm going. I'm I'm done. Yeah, uh, that, done. That, that's, that's it. Right on. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I, they don't have a team name yet because of kind of short timing. But go PWHL Minnesota. Uh, don't don't fall into the trap of other Minnesota teams and yeah, win. let us all down. <laughs> that that's win, the only win championships. If you yes. don't mind. We'll love you if you do. Promise. We love you anyway. All right. That'll do things for the Score North Taxi Squad. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. You can find us on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify. You want to see our lovely faces? You can check out the Score North YouTube channel. My name is Jason Stormer. That's Artis Woods. And that's AJ Fredrickson. We will text you, uh, text you talk to you. I mean, we can text. I don't know. I don't have your number or whatever. You can DM me or something like that. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Score North Taxi Squad. Until then, you have a wonderful week. And we'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.